Good morning, good to be back. Um, so, in uh, line with today's Hayom Yom, this was not planned this way, but uh, about the Alter Rebbe teaching Kiddush HaChedosh, which the connection is, because we just read in Parshish Boi, the Mitzvah of HaChedosh HaZalachem. So, the Pasuk says, we just read it yesterday, HaChedosh HaZalachem, which the Sefer Chinuch points out includes three mitzvahs. It includes the mitzvah to for the Bezdin to be Mekadish al that means that we that the Bezdin back in the day would schedule the month based on testimony of sighting of the new moon. It also includes the mitzvah on the Bezdin La'abir Shonim to add leap years, to add the extra month of Adar appropriately in order to make sure that the Yamim Tevim remain in season. And it also includes the mitzvah to count Nisan as the first month. So even though the year begins from Tishrei, the count of the month starts from Nisan. Those are the three mitzvahs included in the HaChedosh HaZalachem as enumerated by the Sefer HaChinuch. But there is another mitzvah that's connected to, to HaChedosh HaZalachem, and that is the mitzvah of Kiddush Levana. Now, ostensibly, <coughs> the mitzvah of Kiddush Levana is just a mitzvah that if a person sees the new moon, then, uh, th- then he has to say the bracha um, that we say in Kiddush Levana, the bracha which finishes Mechadish Chadashim. Now, you might say, okay, this is just like any other mitzvah that you use. If you see lightning, they also say a bracha. There's no mitzvah to go out of your way to try and see lightning. Or to, there are many other brachas that we say for different uh, phenomena that we encounter. There's no mitzvah to endeavor to encounter them. If you encounter them, you say a bracha. However, Kiddush Levana is not that way. Kiddush Levana is, in fact, um, something special. And we already find this in the Gemara, based on a pasuk in this week's parasha, in Beshalach, that the Gemara says, and we actually say this, the custom is to, recite, to say this Gemara as part of the verses and things that we say after Kiddush Levana, we quote this Gemara. And call us in, in, in the Suga of Kiddush Lovano, which is in Sanhedrin, Dafmin Beis. Call Hamavari, Omer Abirchanan, call Omer Abasi, Omer Abirchanan. Oh, it's a whole Omer Abach, Omer Barchanina, Omer Abasi, Omer Abirchanan. Okay, so it has a whole line of attribution. Call Hamavari, Alachoidesh Bismani. Anybody who makes the bracha in the month, which refers to the bracha of Kiddush Lovano, Kiibu Makabu Pneashchina, it's as if he is greeting the Shechina, greeting Hashem. How do we know this? Because it says here in the Pasuk, we have the word hazeh that was in last week's parsha this month, right? And in this week's parsha in Beshalach, it says zeh that when the Jewish people um, crossed the Yamsuf, they encountered, they greeted Hashem. So the connection of this word zeh and zeh teaches us about the specialty of the bracha of Kiddush Levana, that uh, there's something very very special about this bracha, and. Um, to quote you one uh, source in Halacha, actually from a non-Hasidic source in the Aruch HaShulchan, who's a, a literature posuk, yeah, he says, it's very evident that Kiddush Levana is a very, very awesome, special thing, and uh, the, certainly there are many soydus, kudolus, many great uh, secrets involved in this mitzvah, and as the sages of Kabbalah have elaborated that the idea of the military, the, that the, the the moon became smaller and doesn't have its own light, is connected to the Chet of Adam HaRishon, and in the future when Mashiach comes, all of this is going to be fixed, so there's a really a lot going on when it comes to Kiddush Levana, and it's a, it's a really, really important mitzvah. And in fact, there are stories, contemporary stories, of uh, great pious Jews, who, when the time was coming, that it was the last chance to do Kiddush Levana, and uh, they hadn't had the chance because it was cloudy all month or whatever it was. So there are stories of people chartering flights or helicopters to get above the clouds or um, uh, flying to, you know, checking the weather forecast in cities further to the west and taking flights out, you know, from New York to California to catch Kiddush Levana. There are such stories. And though those stories are the exception, not the rule, but what we see from these stories is indeed the tremendous... Chashivus uh, of of this mitzvah. Um, there's also the minute to do Amatzah Shabbos. One of the reasons for it is to be addressed in your Shabbos finery. And even in Chabad, though I'm not aware of any stories of the Rebbe chartering flights or anything like that, but 
even though what, what, what we're going to encounter, hopefully we'll have, in today's class, is that we'll see that the Rabbeim often, even though in Chabad, the Alter Rebbe specifically, is very strict about saying a, a bracha in vain, but in Chabad, there's many stories of the Rabbeim saying the, the bracha of Kiddush Havana at a time or in a way which halachically was difficult to justify, but you see very clearly that they went against the grain to try as much as possible to push in to be able to say Kiddush Levana. Now, what I hope to do is to give three classes on Kiddush Levana, and basically what I would like to do is today's class to be discussing the Soivzman Kiddush Levana. When is the, fi- the end of the time? When's the last chance to do Kiddush Levana? Next class would be on when is the first chance to do Kiddush Levana. And the third class would be on other things to do with Kiddush Levana, for example, the meaning of the bracha, the reason for the custom to say it on Matzah Shabbos, um, whether, whether or not women can say Kiddush Levana, chance that it will spill over into four classes, we'll see how it goes. Now, before we start, I'm going to give you a couple of introductions about um, some astronomical and history history stuff. So, um, the moon, the cycle of the moon on a monthly basis is that at, there's something what's, that's called the moilad. We announce it's called the moilad, right? The moilad, what does the moilad mean? We call it in English the, the new moon, or literally means the birth of the moon. Is that every month the moon comes to its position where it's exactly between the earth and the sun. Now, the moon doesn't have any of its own light. So, one thing that's true is that there's always, at any given time, there's always 50% of the moon uh, light and 50% of it dark. Because the 50% of it that's facing the sun is going to have light. And it, well, it's not always true that there's an eclipse, but we'll get there. But, right? But the, the, what we see, the moon waxing and waning, that's our perspective of the moon. But in fact, there's always the, 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 the half of the moon that's facing the sun is lit. Now, so the Moilud is, the new moon means, that moment that the moon comes exactly in between the earth and the sun. And so the half of the moon that's lit is the half that's facing away from earth. And from earth, at that point, at that moment in time, the moon is completely invisible from, from the perspective of a person standing on the earth. That is the moment of the Moilud, of the new moon. And that occurs, that, that's what a month means. From that moment to the next time you get back to that moment, that is a month. Now, the first half of that month, the moon is becoming bigger, waxing. And the second half of that period, the moon is becoming smaller, it's waning. Yes? So the molot is when it's, when it's not visible at all, not that first moment that it is starts becoming visible again? Correct, but that's the difference of a millisecond. It's not worth getting into that, but yes, that is true. It's the moment that it starts getting visible again. The moment that is invisible, that's the time. That's molar. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. The first okay. little sliver. No, the, the moment before the first no. little sliver is the time in the middle, but it's really not worth getting sidetracked by that. That's the difference of a millisecond. Now, uh, um, now, now it's like that's what the molar means. Now, it's like midnight. what is the time from one molar to the next? How, how long is a month, right? So we know a month is 29, 30, how long is a month? So, approximately, a month is 29 and a half days. Which is why we basically have, more or less, every, in the Hebrew cal- in the lunar calendar, the month being one month 29 days <coughs> and one month 30 days, because that way you sort of li- line yourself up with the moon. Now, the truth is that not all months are equal. Some months are a little bit longer, and some months are a little bit shorter. Now, in the time when the Bezdin was Mekadosh al when they would set the, fix the new month based on the testimony of witnesses citing the moon. So part of what the Rambam elaborates on in those laws is that they had to make these complicated calculations to verify exactly when the actual moilad would be in order to be able to test whether or not the Edim, the, te- the, the witnesses, were telling the truth. But what we use today for the moilad, for example, we announced the moilad in Shul and Shabbos Mavarchim, etc., we're not getting into those things. We, we made, a, well, Chazal made an average moilad. The average, um, meaning the average <coughs> tie length of a mo- duration of a month. Sometimes the month is actually longer than that. Sometimes it's shorter than that. But there's an average or a mean time of the month. Um, 
It's both. It's the average and the mean time. Whatever. And that amount, that time is Choftes Yudbeis Tashsag. Choftes means 29 days. Yudbeis means 12 hours. And Tashsag, 793 Chalokim. 793 parts. What is a part? So, Chazal divided, and if Chazal could be the other, all astronomers use this number, they divided an hour into 1,080 parts. Right? We divide an hour into 60 minutes and a minute into 60 seconds. They divided an hour into 1,080 parts. Now, there's nothing, 1,080, the Rambam explains, is an arbitrary number. There's nothing intrinsic. You could divide an hour into whatever amount of parts you want. The reason Chazal used the number 1,080 is because that number is divisible by many, many other numbers. It's divisible by, by 2, by 3, by 4, by 6, by 9, yeah. So because it has many um, things that you could divide it by, it was a convenient number to use. So, how does that translate into time the way we know it? Well, if an hour is 1,080 chalokim, then a minute is 18 chalokim, because 1,080 divided by 60 is 18. Right? So, for example, when we announce the moilud nowadays, it's customary, you say the moilud will be at 1 o'clock, 122, 1 o'clock, 22 minutes, and so and so many chalokim. Now, the maximum amount of chalokim you could get is 18, because as soon as you get to 19 chalokim, you're going to say another, you're going to take off 18 and add it to the minutes and just use a chalok. Yes? So, if you all take this paper, I've kind of written this out so you could. Um, that number 1080 is in binary terms like. Um, a kilobyte is not a mm-hmm. bytes. It's 108 bytes. That's not true. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, interesting. Yeah, okay. So, they use that even contemporarily in computer stuff. Okay, so again, an hour is 1,080 chalokim, which means that a th- and 1,080 divided by 60 is 18, so that means a minute is 18 chalokim. Now, if we want to know the size, of the time of the month, so we said the month is 29 hours, 12 days, and 793 chalokim. Well, 12 hours is 12 times 1080 is 12,960 chalokim. Add the 793 chalokim, that means that it's 13,753 chalokim. And so, uh, so as if we would say that um, the cycle of the moon, the month, the average, not the exact, but the average cycle of a month, is 29 days and 13,753 chalakim. Now, for the purposes of Kiddush Levana, we're going to need to divide that number into two. You'll see why in a minute. Right? So, if you divide it by two, 13,753 divided by two is 6876.5 chalakim, which, if, again, if you do the math, it comes out to six hours, 396.5 chalakim, which is 22 minutes, right? So, half of a month, and there you have it on the bottom line. Again, we're not going to... Do the math afterwards in your calculator, you'll see all that it's up. A month is 29 days, 12 hours, 793 chalakim, which means that half of a month is 14 days, 18 hours, and 22 minutes, which is about 5 hours and 38 minutes less than 15 days. Right? Okay. You can put these papers down. We'll get back to them soon. For now, just ignore the rest of it. Leave it. Now... It's also important to explain what an eclipse is. You have a solar eclipse and a lunar eclipse. A solar eclipse, to have a complete solar eclipse, is a rare occurrence. And even when it does occur, it's only visible from very small um, sections of Earth. Remember, there was a few years ago, people traveled to Carbondale. So in Chicago, you saw the partial eclipse. But to get the full experience of the eclipse, people traveled. You know, there was a certain line of exactly in that line where the solar eclipse would be. A solar eclipse can only happen at the exact moment of the moilut. Because you have the moon being exactly between the earth and the sun. Uh But if the moon is in that position where your line of vision from that point on earth is completely obscured by the moon, then the sun will be completely uh, obscured. That's called a full solar eclipse. Uh Right? On the other hand, a lunar eclipse, which by the way, First of all, I, I believe they're much more common, and also they can be seen from a much bigger a- um, area. You don't need to travel, you know, there's a much bigger span where you can see the lunar eclipse. A full lunar eclipse happens only at the exact midway point between one moilud and the other, because then the moon is on the complete other side of the sun, so you have the moon, then the earth, and then the sun. So if the earth is blocking, if the sun is shining this way, to the moon, but the earth is in that position where it could block all the rays of the sun completely, so then you can't see the moon at all, 
And that is called a full lunar eclipse. So far, all clear? Okay. Now, before, again, before we get into the sugya, I'm going to explain to you another, um, more, a little bit astronomical, but more historical concept, and that is how we use time. Once upon a time, every, how did you tell the time? You had a sundial, right? Um, and basically, when the sun was at the midway point, directly above your head, so to speak, that was noon. And you figured it out, whatever, sand timer, sundials, exactly how it worked. From there, you figured out, till the next time the sun would be above your head would be 24 hours. And the truth is that now we know that it's not always exactly 24 hours. Sometimes it's a few seconds less or a few seconds more. But the point is, that's how they reckon, that's how they fi- used to figure out time. And of course, there was no time zones. Every city, every place had their own sundial. And noon was noon, and you fig- which was be able to be determined based on the position of the sun and the sundial. And you figured it out from there. Now, <coughs> At some point, towards the end of the 18th century, beginning of the 19th century, the world moved into what's called local mean time. Now, this is still before the idea of time zones. What this meant was, instead of making every day um, noon when the sun is exactly overhead, and figure out from there, we're going to take the four average days, of the four mean days of the year, right, which ba- basically the, the seasons, right, you have the, the two equinoxes and the two, um, what's it called, solstices, solstices right? So those, there's the four mean days of when Chatzos is. Now, I, I could, I'm not sure exactly why these are the dates on the calendar, but the fact is that if you Google it, you'll see that it's September 1st, December 25th, April 15th, and June 15th. Those are the days of the mean noon. And what, what every city did was, whatever time noon is on that day, that's what we consider noon. And even though noon moves a little bit, a few minutes this way and a few minutes that way, we consider that to be noon, and that's how they started operating. They had already clocks with batteries that were able, you didn't have to wind them up every day. They were able to maintain that time, right? So, so again, starting from kind of the beginning of the 19th century, um, most cities started operating, instead of the daily time being noon, they had what was called the local mean time, which was choosing the noon based on those dates and working from there. Then, once communication, telegraph, trains became more, became in use. So now it wasn't good enough to have your local mean time. You had to be able to figure to talk the same language. If you're communicating with other cities, if you're publishing train schedules, you need to be able to have a time that people can, that the guy in Chicago and the guy in St. Louis, uh, you're 10 minutes off. You say it's noon, well, I'm 10 minutes before noon, so, so what time is it? So what the, all the king's men and all the kings came together, and we created time zones. And we said, okay, we're going to take the whole globe, divide it into 24 time zones, each time zone being... How many degrees? If the whole globe is, if a circle is 360 degrees, 360 divided by 24 is? 15. So each time zone is 15 degrees. And the center of that time zone is the local mean time of noon. And seven and a half degrees in each direction um, sort of comply toward to that. So for example, we, so the, the, that's also, by the way, when they, when they created the, the international dateline, I believe, was also then. So... So, so, so we have Greenwich is that point in England, which Greenwich Mean Time, right? Because the the zero on the on the on the on the time zones is Greenwich Mean Time. That means the time that noon is on September first in Greenwich, which is next to London, right? No, Greenwich is in Greenwich, London. Greenwich. Greenwich is in London by the Thames. Yeah, yeah. Is there a rock or something there? There's a thing you could have people go there and post some pictures of the east and the west. <laughs> they have a little wind up clock. That's a zero line. That's the zero line between. Longitude. Longitude. Yes, exactly. It goes right right the sailors. They did 24 zones. Be, well, because they decided that <laughs> instead of. Well, you're going to change the minimum. You could make 48 zones and have half hour time zones instead of hour time zones. It just. It was, it's, a, it's arbitrary. It's a convenience. It's just convenient to have 24 blocks of an hour. Now, the truth is. As in theory, wherever point you are, you're seven and a half degrees to the east or the west of the center of that time zone. That's what time you are. But the fact is that for practical and political reasons, sometimes it's not that way. So, for example, Michigan is much more than seven and a half, is more than seven and a half degrees west of 
the time zone that's Eastern time zone, but they still consider themselves part of that time zone, which is why Shabbos times in Michigan are really late, because really they belong, sort of degrees-wise, they belong in central time zone. Similarly, for example, China, which spans, I think, three time zones, um, but they all consider themselves one time, because the Chinese government decided it's easier to have the whole country in one time. Right versus the United States and Australia and Russia and other big countries have multiple time zones within the country. Yeah. I mean, even in this country, right next to us, Indiana right. is split into two time zones. The eastern, the western part of Indiana is in central time zone. The eastern part of Indiana is central time zone. Is is uh, eastern time zone? Okay. Yes. Now, okay. So that's so. Now, just let's. You, we'll just po- point out. Sh- we'll point out two things: Chicago and Jerusalem. Right. <coughs> Jerusalem the, is the center of the Jerusalem time zone is Cairo. Now, Jerusalem is 21 minutes removed from Cairo. So, for example, if you go to Google what time is n- w- the scientific noon on September 1st in Cairo, it's going to be at 12.00. Right? Mm-hmm. But if you Google what time is s- the, the, the scientific noon on September 1st in Israel, it's going to be at 11, 11.39. Because it's 21 minutes off the time zone. Earlier. Yes. The okay. same is true for Chicago. Not 21 minutes, but about 9 minutes or 9 and a half minutes. Um, if you Google what time is noon or chatzois, you just go into, hal- and go into any halachic calendar and see what time is chatzois, which is scientific noon, on September 1st in Chicago, and you will see it's going to be at 11.50 and 11.51 or maybe 11.50 and so many seconds. Yeah? So that's because we are... Um, in Chicago, about two and a half degrees off of the center of the time zone, and two and a half degrees, if, if, if 15 degrees translates into an hour, so two and a half degrees translates into about nine and a half minutes. Um, so that's what you need to know about time zones, and now we could get into the sugya. Where's the center here, Springfield? I don't know. I'm not sure. No, it's not Springfield, but I'm not sure exactly where it is. Well, it's a little further west. Okay. So... The Gemara says, again, the sugya is in Sanhedrin, that if you see the Levana B'chidusha, so then you say a bracha mechadish chadasha. Till when? The Gemara says, till when can you make this bracha? And the Gemara says, Ad shetismali amir abiyachin and ad masum varachin al chadish. Till when can you say the bracha on the new moon? Ad shetismali pegimasai until its pegima, its blemish, is filled until the moon's blemish is filled. Now, what does that mean? So, one second, I lost the Gemara here. Okay, so I, I'm, for some reason I don't have the Gemara here on my paper, so I'm going to read you the way the tour quotes the Gemara. Um, after that time, after its blemish being filled, it's too late to say the bracha. What does it mean the blemish is filled? So the Gemara says two opinions. Until seven days. That until seven days, which is when you have um, a full banana, uh, when you have half of the moon, right? Okay. Right? That's when you could say the brachatil. When Nahardoi, Amri, the people of Nahardoi said until 16. So until 16, which well, this is what we're mainly going to focus on today is what does that word 16 mean? But basically until half of the month, which is until the, wo- until the moon is, is full, until you see the full moon, that's when you can make the bracha. Okay, so basically, in short, you can make the bracha until the full moon. Now, before we get into the details of what exactly the 16 means, when is the full moon, I just want to point out that there could be a couple of things. First of all, why? Why could you only make the bracha until the full moon? So either you could say, because it's, it's like some Rishonim say that, eh, once, it, once it's waning, so then it's not so nice to say a bracha anymore. Or you could say something more technical, which seems to be what Rashi says, that you say the bracha mechadish chadoshim, who is making something new. Once you've passed that point, it's not new anymore. It's only new until it's full. After that point, it's not new anymore. Now, when you say, until the blemish, until you see the full moon, so the chayra, that could mean one of three things. Again, before we get into the technicalities of what time it is, just conceptually, the chayra could mean one of three things. Either it could mean until the moon becomes full. Now, even though in theory the moon is only actually full for a split second, but to our, in our, for our perception, the moon remains full for about a day or two. 
Now, again, here you could get into t- very details. Well, you know, wh- when it's 99.5%, we would still perceive it as being full. So where do you draw the line? Is it 98%, 97%, 95%? So we could get technical about that. But the, 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 the one thing's for sure is that there's a certain amount of time, 24 hours, 36 hours, 48 hours, whatever it is, where the moon appears full to us, basically. Right? So there could be three ways of understanding this. You could say that... You have to say the bracha until it becomes full. Once it becomes full, it's no longer it's no longer new anymore. So that means that you're dialing. We'll, we'll get to the technicality soon. I okay. want to talk first conceptually. Okay. Right. Another opinion could be until it's finished being full. Mm-hmm. Right. In other words, once once you visibly start seeing that it's becoming smaller, which those opinions might interpret the Gemara to say because it's not appropriate to say a bracha on something that's not full anymore or you could say until the midway point and the logic behind saying the midway point would be like Rashi says that you could means something new it's new until it starts becoming whole, uh, old not because you could perceive a difference you look at the moon after the midway point for the next bunch of hours you're still going to perceive a full moon but because it's past the midway point because it's past the midway point, that's not considered something new anymore, and therefore you can't say a bracha. So at least in theory, we could point to three different spots on the cycle of the moon that would be described as tismali pigimase. Either when it becomes full, or when it starts diminishing, which let's say that those times could be anywhere between 24 and even 48, 72 hours apart. Or you could say the halfway point between that. Okay. That's all... The concept. Now let's see what the Paschim actually say. So, not surprisingly, we have a number of different opinions about this. And um, the tour says that 16 means 16 days, but it means ad veloyad bichla. We don't mean until 16 and exclusive and not inclusive. So we mean until 16, but not 16. So it means until 15, right? In, 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 in English, I think we usually use the word until exclusive, right? If I say until Shabbos, it usually means until before Shabbos, otherwise we would have said until Sunday. But in Halacha, there's a lot of discussion of when do you figure out, when do you dis- interpret something to mean ad, and it includes inclusively or exclusively? So through the 15th. So through the 15th. Ad, and ad, ad until 16th, the Torah says means until through the 15th, but not the actual 16th day. Um, now, the normal way of understanding the tour is that that means 15 days from the Meilat. So again, we announce the Meilat is at this and this time. For 15 times 24 hours after that, that's the time for Kiddush Levana. Right? So you look at the Meilat, the Meilat is at time, uh, let's, let's just use an easy one. The Meilat is at 1 o'clock, uh, the Meilat is 8 p.m. on Sunday night, until 8 p.m. the following Monday, in two Monday nights' time, that's when you could do Kiddush Ravana. Fifteen days from the time of the murder, that's when you could do Kiddush Ravana. That's one way of interpreting the tour. An alternative way of interpreting the tour, which seems to be the Aruch HaShulchan, and a number of others seem to understand this, is that they say it means 15 days from the day of the murder. So if the Mailud is on Sunday, any time on Sunday, you start counting not from the time of the Mailud, but from the beginning of Sunday. And so, um, so Shkia, what? So Shkia and and Moti Shabbos. Technically, yeah. But what that means in, pr- in practice is that if, let's say, again, let's say the Moilad is on Sunday afternoon, right? Uh-huh. So if the Moilad is on Sunday <coughs> afternoon, according to the first interpretation of the tour, the following in two weeks' time on um, Sunday night, going into Monday, mm-hmm. you're still going to be able to do Kiddush Levana because you started counting 15 times 24 hours from the time of the Meilat. But if you start counting from the, just days, Sunday is day one, well, in two Sundays' time is day 15. By the time Monday cam- comes around and it's Sunday night, which is Monday, it's going to be too late to do Kiddush Levana. Right? So you can see how there's a very obvious difference um, between that. Okay? So again, so far we have two interpretations, either 15 hours from the time of the Meilad, or 15 hours from the time of from the first, or 15, sorry either 15 days from the time of the Meilad, or 15 days from the beginning of the day in which the Meilad occurred. Now, 
Then we have the Maharil. The Maharil says, basically, and the Ramah paskins like the Maharil, so that's why that's very relevant for us Ashkenazim who follow the Ramah. He says, no, the, the Torah and the Gemara, they don't really mean 15 days. They're just speaking, uh, you know, uh, they're just rounding things up. What they really mean is the halfway point. What's the halfway point? 14 days. 14 days, 18 hours, and 22 minutes after the Maharil. Mm-hmm. Right? That's more accurate. Right? That's much more accurate. <laughs> so therefore... Um, therefore, the, so the Maharil usually will be a Chumrah. I mean, there are, are odd cases where it would not be, but usually the Maharil is going to be a Chumrah, where according to the tour, you would not be able to say Kiddush Sorry, according to the tour, you could still say Kiddush Lovana because it's still less than 15 days. The tour, in other words, basically, the tour gives you... F- f- the tour's window of Kiddush Lovana is five hours and 38 minutes longer than the window of the Maharil and the Ramah. Now, there's another important aspect in the Maharil, which although the Ramah doesn't quote in Shulchan Aruch, and therefore some people say we don't need to be bothered about it, but the Ramah does discuss it in Darki Moshe, and in other places, Paschim is, is brought. And that is, the Maharil says, hold on a second, when we say 14 days to 18 hours and 22 minutes after the Maharil, but remember we said the Maharil is not really the, the actual time of the month, it's the average time of the month. Average months are 29 days, 12 hours, 793 halakim. But some months are actually shorter than that. And some, in other words, sometimes the actual moilud will be a few hours before. When we announce the moilud in shul, and you go and Google when is the new moon, it's not going to match up. You know why it's not going to match up? Because we're using an average moilud, and Google, or whatever these astronomical websites, are using the actual moilud. Now, the actual moilud can sometimes be a few hours before the Mailah that we announce, or it could be a few hours later. Depends on the month. So, for example, actually, we had that, that, that famous solar eclipse, which, what is it now, about five years ago, yeah? Um, the, the solar eclipse happened a number, I think, about six hours before the Mailah on the calendar. Because the actual, even though solar eclipse happens at the time of the Mailah, but the Mailah on the calendar is not the actual Mailah, it's the average Mailah. Says the Maharil, you could only do... Um, Kiddush Lavana up to 14 days, 18 hours, and 22 minutes after the Mailad on a month when there's no eclipse. But if you see a lunar eclipse, so that means the whole world knows that the halfway point of the month has already passed, so then it's ridiculous to do Kiddush Lavana after that. Right? So even so the Maharil acknowledges that it may possibly be that I'm doing Kiddush Lavana after the midway point. But, you know, Let's just say it's not so recognizable. It seems, it seems, you know, it's not like you could see the moon is starting to wane already. So, we'll give you to the halfway point. But in a month where you actually observe a lunar eclipse, says the Maril, no, now you can't do Kiddush Lavan anymore because now it's, it's blatantly obvious to everybody that it's, you're past the halfway point. Mm. So, that is another factor which some Paskim are... Um, are concerned with. So again, so far we have three or four possible t- times for Kiddush Lovana. We have the regular Ramah who says that it's 14 days, 18 hours, 22 minutes after the Mailit. You have the caveat in the Ramah which says that that's only true in a regular month, but in a, in, in a month that there's an eclipse, you could only do it until the eclipse. Then you have the regular interpretation of the tour that it's 15 days after the count of the new moon, and then you have also the alternative interpretation of the tour that it's 15 days after the day on which the new moon occurs. Okay, moving on. Then we have... Um, I'm actually going to go sort of in chronological order the, the, how we expand the window. So the next opinion that I'm going to talk about is the opinion of the Chassam Seifer, which is, if you're looking at the charts, it's the last one. And he basically adds 18 hours to the count of the Ramah. So he paskins like, ostensibly uh, he's paskining like the Ramah, that it's 14, hour, 14 days, 18 hours, and 22 minutes post the new moon. But he adds 18 hours onto that. So it comes out to 15 days and 12 hours. Where does he get this 18-hour thing from? So again, without getting into all the astronomical details, what essentially he says is that just like in the beginning of the moon month, so you have the moment of the new moon, but in fact, the, even after that, you can't see the new moon yet because it's too small to see. And it takes, on average, approximately 18 hours after the new moon for it to be visible on Earth. Right? So in other words, if you are standing, uh, uh, and again, all these things are on average, but if you are standing at the beginning of the night, just after sunset, on, a pl- on the first of the month, 
and a place with a clear horizon where there's no houses and buildings and trees in the way. If it's 18 hours after the Mailud, so if that's a sunset, is at 6 p.m. and the Mailud was at midnight the previous night, so then you'll be able to indeed detect a sliver of the moon. But if it's only, let's say, 12 hours after the Mailud, then chances are you're not going to see it. Now, the 18 hours is quite average. It can sometimes be as low as, as, as little as six hours. Sometimes it can be more, even more than 24 hours. But average is 18 hours. So says the Chassam Soifer, just like at the beginning of the month, we're going to add 18 hours till you could actually see the moon. So I'm going to add 18 hours to your time of Kedush because it's going to take at least 18 hours uh, until you could actually notice the diminishing of the moon. Now, the truth is it's going to take more than 18 hours, and there's a lot of debate about this Chassam Soifer, if really that time, the window should be less than 18 hours, more than 18 hours. We're not going to get into all of that right now. That is an opinion of the Chassam Soifer, and it's an important opinion to mention, because it's, meant, it's, it's, it's relied upon, as we'll see, uh, very often contemporarily by Paskim, and it, there's at least, um, it seems that the Rebbe at least once did Kiddush Ravana pass the time, and the Rebbe said that he was relying on the Chassam Soifer. Yes? If you're like in a place like the outback of Australia, where you know you can really see the stars, would you see like this black circle, like on the new moon, where the stars were just those stars that were covered by the moon just wouldn't be visible? Would you like see this like black hole? I mean, that sounds reasonable. I, the sky. I don't that know. sounds reasonable. I hope I haven't presented myself here as some expert in astronomy. <laughs> no, you're, I just you're way beyond that now. You're, you're going way beyond. That. <laughs> Okay, now, then there is a another number of is not a number of more opinions with which we have to contend. You have also now look, look, the Rambam. I'm going to read to you the Rambam. The Rambam says, "Hatzlocha, Rabbi Bob, should all go tremendously well." The Rambam is in Hilchas Brachas Perakut Halach Yudzayin, where he says that. You can make the bracha at shisha also yoyim bechaydesh at shetimale pigimasa until the sixteenth day of the month, until the blemish, the pigima of the moon is filled. Now, on the one hand, he says the blemish is filled, so okay, whatever the halfway point is. But then he does say until the sixteenth day of the month, which, on the one hand, he's just quoting the Gemara until sixteen. But there's two things. First of all, the same question we had in the Gemara whether it means including the sixteenth or excluding the sixteenth, we could have in the Rambam. But the Rambam adds one word. The Rambam adds the word Bechaydesh. The Gemara didn't say, the Gemara just said 16 days, and which all the Mepharshim understand to mean 16 days after the new moon. The Rambam says until the 16th day of the month. So again, whether the Rambam means 15 or 16, inclusive or exclusive, is one discussion. Another discussion is that the Rambam seems to add on the time, because if you look at, you know what, David, you have to bring the calendar off the wall. Um, the Mailad is usually before Rish, before Rish, or is often before Rish Now, the truth is that nowadays, where we have a fixed calendar, so the Moilad is usually either on the first day of Rish Chodesh, or before the first, or a few hours before the first day of Rish Chodesh. So let's just look at a couple of examples. Um, this past month, um, Rish Chodesh was Shabbos on Sunday, and the Moilad was on Friday at 11, 12 a.m. So it was a few, a few hours before the first day of Rish Chodesh. Right, that was fairly. That was that was. It's, it's rare that it should be so early nowadays, right? Um, the previous month, um, which was Rosh Chodesh, was Rosh Chodesh was on um, Tuesday and Wednesday, and the Meilud was on Tuesday, on the first day of Rosh Chodesh. Yep. So. Um, I, I may have missed, I think I missed Kislev. Sorry, yeah, Kislev also. Rishchidesh was Thursday, Friday, and the Moilad was Wednesday night, which that's Thursday. It was 10 p.m. on Wednesday, and Wednesday night, that's halachically Thursday. So, Akhbarim, the Rambam says 15 days, 15 or 16 days from the beginning of the month. Now, an, uh, an important thing to point out, I think a lot of people discussing this topic miss this. Nowadays, when we have two days of Rosh we refer to the first day of Rosh as the 30th day of the month, of the previous month, and the second day of Rosh as the first day of the current m- month. But once upon a time, that's not how they did it. They referred to the first day of Rosh as the first of the month, and the second day of Rosh as the second of the month, right? And now, 
the, that got confusing when it came to Yom Tif, because Pesach is the 15th day of the month, but if there's two days of Shredish Rishon, it became the 16th day of the month. And so I think that's the reason why the custom changed, that we just refer to, if there's two days of Shredish, we refer to the first day of Shredish as the 30th day of the previous month. This, by the way, has halachic ramifications. Um, for example, if a person is born on the 30th of Adar, of Adar 1, yeah, so if he's bar mitzvah in a year where there's no other, where there's, where there's no other one, then his bar mitzvah is going to be on the 30th of Shvat, not on the 1st of Adar. Because, because the 1st of Shvat is really the 1st of Adar. We call it 30th of Shvat. But, right, so the, the, again, we, we, give, we call the 1st day of Shvat the 30th of the previous month. That's a fairly modern invention. Be that as it may, um, the Rambam says 15 of the month, or 16th of the month, and then you also have other Rishonim, Sharek Nasagdoila, quoting seems to be a Meiri, Talmudir Abena Peretz, more obscure Rishonim, who they actually explicitly say that when the Gemara says until the 16th, it means the 16th day inclusive. Now they're not talking about the month, they're talking about the 16th day from the Mailat. So basically, to recap, we have here a window of time spanning from the most, the earliest, the strictest one is the Ramah, who says you could only do it until 14, hour, 14 days, 18 hours, and 22 minutes after the Meilut. And the most expansive one is really the Shi'ari Knesset Agdoila, who says you could do it until 16 days after the Meilut. So that's about 29 hours, or clo- close to 30 hours, later than the time of the Ramah. Right? And then you have the time of the Rambam and other Rishonim who go by the month, which there... It just depends when the Mailud is. It could be more it could be more limiting than other the, the tour, it could be less limiting on the tour. Just depends how long before Rishkhaidesh or on Rishkhaidesh um, the Mailud is. Now the truth is that there is another opinion, which is, seems to be very difficult to justify or to find halachic basis for, and that is but the fact is that there are it seems to be even within Chabad, such a tradition that this was sometimes done. Um, and certainly in other, uh, there's a Rishima of Rabbi Ankalanda, which it's, it's a complicated Rishima. He writes a whole story that happened by the Rebbe Rashab, but there's certainly mistakes in his diary because there's details there that don't make sense, and he wrote it many years later. But there's certainly, you see from there, a strong tendency to really push as much as possible that if you haven't done Kiddush Levani yet, to still do it um, very late. And certainly in other Hasidic circles you have this, and that is even 17 days after the Mailat. Now, where could you possibly... The Gemara says until 16th, so the Chayra, how could you possibly get to 17 days after the Mailat? So, this top, it's not really uh, clear anywhere where this opinion of 17 days after the Mailat comes from, but I'm going to give to you the best, my best guesses of where it could, what the possible halachic basis to do it um, 17 days after the Meilut. Now, what's important to understand as a preface is that when you say 17 days after the Meilut, right, usually or often that's going to be the 16th day of the month. Sometimes it could even be the 15th day of the month, right? But it's, it's usually or often going to be the 16th day of the month if the Meilut is the day before Rish Chedesh. Now, that's true nowadays, but it was even more true when in the days when they were Mekadesh al because nowadays... Rishchidosh is usually earlier than it would be if we were sanctifying the moon-based testimony. Because again, look through your calendar, and you'll see that usually the new moon is on Rishchidosh, or a few hours before Rishchidosh. But in the times when they had to sanctify the new moon, so they had to wait how many hours it takes for the moon to be visible, which, again, the Chassam Soifer said an average of 18 hours. Let's just use that number for now. So it had to be at least 18 hours after the Meilat. And then it had to be at night. Because if the is during the day, if the eighteen hours are up during the day, you're not going to see the moon, right? So it has to be at night, and then you have to have time for the witnesses to come to Jerusalem and testify, and the bezin to declare rishchidosh. And so in those days, it was very it, may, it was common for rishchidosh to be two days after the new moon. If rishchidosh is two days after the new moon, so now it could be that those poskim like Tosfos and others who say the 15th of the month, but if you talk about the 15th of the month, the 15th of the month can possibly be 17 days after the new moon, at least, if not nowadays, at least those days, mm-hmm. in the times of the Mekadosh al So that's, um, so that's uh, one point to keep in mind, which may be some sort of basis to do it on the 17 days after the Mekadosh. Um, another 
another svara could be is that you see at the end of the day most shittas, most of these opinions are rounding it up 15 days 16 days i what do you mean in, what do you mean full moon why where do you get 15 days 16 days nervous you have to say that we're not concerned we're concerned what's obviously what what's obviously apparent to the naked eye does the moon still look full uh, so we add a few hours, even though really your pat, you know, the Maril was worried with the eclipse. But on a month that there's no eclipse, he didn't mind that um, that you're past the midway point. Why? Because the moon still looks full. So for the Maril, it's only for a few hours, and for the tour, it's for an extra five hours. So it could be that those who had the custom to do the Kiddush Levana even up to the 17th day after the Maylid may have been relying on the fact that at the end of the day, it, it kind of, sort of, still looks full. And so we could still do Kiddush Levana. And and perhaps you could also add to that, that because we're using the average Moilad, so it depends. On a month that the real Moilad is, let's say, six hours before the average Moilad, so by the time the 17 days after the Moilad comes, it's really going to be obvious that the moon is waning. But on a month that the, the real Moilad, and this is a whole machlekas, if you could rely on the real Moilad or not, but on a month that the real Moilad is, let's say, six hours after the average Moilad that we announced, so then, by the 17 days after the Moilad, it's really only 16 and a half days after the Moilad, so maybe the moon was still going to look full. Um, now, one more um, important thing to add is that you do. There is one. There is a, a, a an approach in some poskim, and certainly those poskim who are more uh, mystically and kabbalistically inclined, that actually the brach of Kiddush Levana has nothing to do with the moon the way we observe it. It has to do with the spiritual reality of the moon, which depends on mekadesh Yisrael v'hazmanim. It depends on when the Jewish people. Uh, the Bezdin have fixed Rish Chaydash. And so it doesn't matter whether you see the moon full or you could notice that the moon is, is actually waning. It matters 15 days after Rish Chaydash. But that kind of fits into the Rambam also. So according to those opinions, again, at least if 17 days after the Moilad would come out to be um, would come out to be um, on the 15th day of the month, which it could do, um, so then so then that would be another basis of that. Although, again, you have to take into account that if it's a month with two days of Shredesh, what we call the 15th day of the month is really the 16th day of the month. Because really, quote-unquote, you're supposed to start counting the days of the month from the first day of Shredesh. Okay, Lemaisa, that is the fact that, again, many chassidim and many paskim were trying to really push the envelope to be able to make it later. And here there's a very interesting minhag which is quoted by in some svarim and there seems to be evidence that in Chabad this was also sometimes done and that is that if you're at a time when it's a little bit well really it's past the time but you want to th- you want to push it so there's a workaround and that is as follows. Usually Many, most Paskim hold, certainly Ashkenazi Paskim, and this is our minhag, that when we study Torah, we don't say the, 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 we don't say the name of Hashem. Well, now when you study, when you study Torah Shabbat Peh, when you study Chumash, of course you do, but if I stu- study the Gemara, and I say the Gemara says that when you, after you, uh, you, 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 I'll just go straight to the case at point, right? The Gemara says when you see the, the moon, you're supposed to say, and the Gemara says the text of the bracha. So when you're reading that Gemara, what do you say? Baruch Atah Hashem, Malikeinu Malacha Elam Hashem, B'mamore Baruch Hakim, etc. But there are opinions that say that when you're studying the Gemara, you can actually say Hashem's name. And so what some people did is, when it was, let's say, already the 16th day, or even the 17th day after the Meilad, they would take the Gemara, or the Rif, or the Rambam, and they would stand outside, look at the moon, and then they would say, But they would actually say Hashem's name. So... They're kind of sort of they're saying the bracha on the moon, but they're really but they're also just studying Torah. And in the context of studying Torah, there are opinions that you could say Hashem's name in that context. Even though usually we don't rely on that those opinions, but here we have our agenda to be able to say Kiddush Levana. There are some opinions that it's still okay to do so in conjunction with the fact that there are some opinions that it's okay to say God's name while you're studying the relevant halacha from the Gemara, the Rif, the Rambam, the Rosh, whatever it is. So that was another custom. Um, that was often done. Now, one of the things that are fun to do when you re- when you go through these topics is to come up with these obscure cases. So, one obscure case that I noticed that I'll share with you is um, he points out over here in this article that I found that 
um, there will be cases where even according to the Ramah, which is the most limiting opinion, he only gives you 14 days, 18 hours, etc., there will be times when you can do Kiddush Levana on the 17th day of the month. And he, the way he pointed out was, if you look at the month of Shvat, in um, the year 1902, the Mailud was at 4.45 in the afternoon on Thursday, the first day of Shvat, and if you go to cities at the very, very far east, but you can't, I mean, you can't go completely far east because then you pass, according to some opinions, the halachic date line. But he says if you go to the far east of Russia, which according to virtually all opinions is still considered um, on, on this side of the, interna- of, the, of the halachic date line, so that means 14 days, 18 hours, and 22 minutes will be up at 8.45 p.m. on Friday night, the 17th of Shvat. And so that would be a case where even according to the Ramah, who limits your, the, the Kiddush Levana the most, would still come out that you could do Kiddush Levana on the 17th day of the Hebrew month. Okay. Now, in the number of minutes that we have left, according to my recording, I've been talking for 50 minutes and 51 seconds, so I have another 10 minutes. <laughs> so there's another really, really important um, thing to address. One second. Until now, I've just been talking about the time of the Mulud as if the time of the Mulud is the time of the Mulud. However, the, 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 the astronomical event of the Mulud is something that occurs at one time in the whole universe. It's not, it's not like it doesn't depend on the time zone, it just it happens at a certain time. So now, when the Chazal tell us, again, the system that we're using is based on what Chazal told us. So we're saying, for example, that the, um, this month on Shabbos Mavarchim Shvat, um, the Mulud was on. Um, Matzah Shabbos, last Matzah Shabbos, Saturday night, 11.56 p.m. and 12 Chalakim. 10 Chalakim, sorry. Yeah. Where? 11.56 where? In Chicago, in New York. So there's a machlokas about this, but most, most uh, opinions hold that the Mulet occurs 11.56 p.m. in Jerusalem. And again, this is not an astro- 11:56 is not really an astronomical event because again it's the average Mulet time. So, but the average Mulet time is based on Jerusalem. So now the question becomes: If I'm trying to figure out what time, what's my latest time for doing Kiddush Levana in Chicago? And actually, you know what I'm going to do? Last month there was a big deal with Kiddush Levana. I'm going to use last month. So last month for Rishchidosh Teves, the new moon. Again, Rishchidosh Teves, the Mailud for Teves was on Friday morning, 29th of Teves, Friday morning, 11, 12 a.m. Now, if I'm going to count, if I'm going to count 14 hours, eight, sorry, 14 days and 12 hours from, and 22 minutes from that time, so what I'm going to get to is basically... Um, seven days, 14 days, brings me to the next Friday, and Friday morning, 11, 12, and then add, uh, where are we, 18 hours, I'm going to get to sometime in the middle of Friday night, which means that on Friday night, we're still within the time of Kiddush Levana, according to the Ramah. Now, there's another whole discussion about doing Kiddush Levana on Shabbos, which we'll get to in a future class, but f- for now, let's just think, in, let, let's not talk about Shabbos, so you could still do Kiddush Levana according to the Ramah. However, if you're going to, L'chaira, what would make sense would be, I don't care, when I could do Kiddush Levana, what do I care about what time the Mailud is in Jerusalem? I should care what time the Mailud is in Chicago, because if I could say the bracha in Kiddush Levana, when I observe a new moon, well, I'm not observing a new moon anymore, if it's more than 14 hours, 14 days, 18 hours, 22 minutes after the Mailud. So, how many hours behind Jerusalem are we? We're seven hours by. Uh, um, where are we? Eight. We're eight hours, right? So the I should have to deduct eight hours. If I'm telling you that the Mailud is on Friday morning at 11, 12 a.m., 11 minus eight is three. three. So that means really I need to count 14 hours, 14 days, 18 hours, and 22 minutes from 3, 12 a.m., not from 11, 12 a.m., which would mean that three plus 18. <coughs> 21. Six. Okay. Okay. 
uh, you would still have time on Friday night, but upon him, it would be a few hours later, it would l- certainly limit how much time you have on Friday night. It would be just getting into Friday night. So you have a lot less time to do Kiddush Levana. Right? So that this... Sorry? That was the recent situation. Right? Yes. So what I'm figuring out... Here's a very practical question. When I'm figuring out the end of the time of Kiddush Havana, I look at my calendar, when's the new moon, and I count 14 hour, days, 18 hours, and 22 minutes for Lachat Chila. Again, we've already established that, but the Yevad, there are other opinions, and certainly by Hasidim, the, we do rely on the later opinions to do Kiddush Havana at least until 15 days, if not 16 days, and possibly even at least with the Gemara or Rambam to say it from there, 17 days after the Mailat. But we want to try and do Kiddush Levana before 14 days, 18 hours and 22 minutes after the, the, the Mailat. So am I counting from the time in the calendar, or do I have to subtract in Chicago 8 hours from the time of the Mailat? So logically, logically, of course you would. There doesn't seem to be any logical reason to say otherwise. And if you accept that logic, as many Paschim do, so then the way to do it would be like this. In Chicago, you would have to take off eight hours and nine minutes, because remember we said before that Chicago is not about nine minutes off the mean time of our time zone, mm-hmm. right? So if I say that the Moilud in Jerusalem was 11-12, that means I'm going to count, for t- to start my count of 14 days, 18 hours and 22 minutes, I first have to subtract eight hours and nine minutes to get to Chicago time. Right? And once I've subtracted the 8 hours and 9 minutes, then I could start counting 14 hours and 18, 14 days, 18 hours and 22 minutes, and that's when I hit my end of the time of Kiddush Levana. However, in the summer, I'm only going to take off 7 hours and 9 minutes, because in the summer we add an hour, the, the Merlin on the calendar doesn't add an hour, the Merlin on the calendar just goes through, right? The Merlin on the calendar doesn't, doesn't reckon with, in most calendars, okay, you could always find obscure calendars, but most calendars do not ad- modify the Moilud for summertime, and they also don't modify it for Jerusalem time. There are calendars, by the way, which you might find a calendar that has its Moilud 21 minutes earlier than the, than the Moilud on this calendar, and the reason for that is because they've adopted it to the current clock in Jerusalem, which is 21 minutes off of Cairo, like we said before. Mm-hmm. But most calendars don't do that, and certainly the, the calendar that, the, the whatever this is called, the art, Chabad art calendar, um, does not have, does not make any adjustments for summertime, and does not make any adjustments for the 21 minute um, uh, time zone adjustment in Jerusalem. And so, if you want to know your time for Kedushon, according to those poskim, you would have to take, you subtract, eight hours and nine minutes from the time of the calendar during the winter months, or in the summer months, once we're in Chicago running on summertime, it would be seven hours and nine minutes. Now, the big thing we get in Hebrew is that, no, some of the shuls have, that's the exact. Right. So when you see in shul, Sovzman Kiddush Levana, right, the end of the time of Kiddush Levana, most of them, certainly in Ashkenazi shuls, are going, uh, uh, using this time of 14 days, 18 hours, and 22 minutes. I don't, I, I think that most of them are doing local time, not Jerusalem time. That means they are making that adjustment. However, however, there are those Paskim who um, very strongly object to this. And log- again, logically, there isn't really what to object with this, more historically. What they try to prove is that we see that historically, the Rishonim and the Paskim did not care the fact that they were in Europe and possibly even two or three hours behind Jerusalem. They didn't, you could see from the way they spoke about it and the way they published their calendars, that they were just going by the Jerusalem time and they didn't care for the fact that they were a few hours off of Jerusalem. And it's important to point out an interesting thing. Remember we said that some Rishonim hold that you don't count the 15 days from the Moilat, you count it from the day of the Moilat. Right? Yeah. Now, so you might say, look, the Rishonim are riding in Europe, okay, the maximum two or three hours off of Jerusalem, but we're in California, we're already ten hours off Jerusalem, we have to be more... So, there's a caveat there, because even one hour can change what day you're on, and it could make it tw- one hour can translate into a 24-hour time difference. In other words, if the Moilid in Jerusalem is at the very beginning of the day, and the Rishonim riding in France 
for them it was still um, what the Mulud was the day before. One hour could be before sunset the day before. Mm-hmm. So now the difference for the end of the time in Kiddush in Jerusalem and in France is going to be 24 hour difference according to those who say you count from the day of the Mulud and not from the actual Mulud. And so, therefore, some Paschim really want to insist that we don't make the adjustment um, for, sh- for, for, for Chicago or wherever you are. You just follow the time of the Mulud in Jerusalem, which again, logically, it's difficult to understand why that should be the case, but they try to demonstrate that historically that's the way it was done. And in the words of the Rambam, that um, the Masora, what we've historically done is a very important um, factor in determining the halacha even more important than logic. I'll just add one point that even according to those paskim who hold that you don't, that you go by Jerusalem time and you don't make the adjustment for local time, we still have to make the nine minute adjustment because nobody, right, that's just a modern convention in the 1880s when they came up with these time zones and they decided that when it's 12 o'clock in Chicago we're going to call it 1151 well, <laughs> it's still actually 11.50, it's still 12 o'clock. The fact that you call it 11.51 is irrelevant. And so, the Chaladeus, even if you're not going to take off the seven or eight hours from Jerusalem, you do have to know where in the time zone you are for those nine minutes. Yeah, now, again, that's uh, well, just one more, again, in, in actual practice, it doesn't really make a difference because if it's nine minutes after the time of Kiddush Alana, we're still going to let you do Kiddush Alana because there's so many other different opinions to rely on. The Torah, the Chassam Seifa, etc., etc., like we said. But at least just for the sake of sort of clarity to make an honest, accurate cheshman, you certainly have to take off nine minutes in Chicago because when we call it 12 o'clock, it's really 11.51. Mm-hmm. So I'm is, sorry, the other way around. So what does Chabad no, so, so in Chabad we're relying on, the, on those opinions um, with the Shari and others who really they, who interpret the Gemara to mean until 16 inclusive so you already have another day there and again it's, it's um, like we've discussed, different opinions which are able to tweak it a little bit some cipher already adds 18 hours um, etc, etc and, and generally it's clear that in Chabad as mo- uh, and also with all Chassidim the agenda was always as much as possible to, to extend the allowance of time in which one could say Kiddush Levana. When does it start? Oh, that's going to be next week. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't touch it.